Welcome to Running It Back. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Today's guest is two-time World Series champ, four-time Gold Glove Award winner, the flying Hawaiian Shane Victorino, and your hosts, Chad Owens and Ryan Kailmaka. Now, let's start Running It Back. Let's go. Gee. What's up, brother Shane? What's up, brother Shane? Uh, How you doing? Hello, hello. Yeah, doing? bro. Good, good. How you doing, bro? What are you up to these days? Man, just enjoying a good old life of retirement. Uh, you know, watching my children grow up, staying busy with that. Uh, obviously, staying busy with the foundation and my charitable aspects that, you know, we still work on on a yearly basis and keeping active with that. And, uh, you know, the life as an entrepreneur, uh, looking at a lot of business opportunities uh, and just life as a retired father and enjoying every bit of it, guys. Awesomeness. That's awesome, brother. Um, yeah, I, I want to kind of talk about that with you a little bit, bro, because I'm kind of in that same boat, right? You know, you go from that your whole life, you know, focusing on sport, and the goal is to become a pro. And then when you become a pro, the goal is to be the best and then to win a championship. And, you know, you get into this routine and you've been doing that your whole life, and all of a sudden, you know, retirement. How was that transition for you? Um, when you retired, when you officially retired and then going into entrepreneurship or the next thing, like, what was that for you? Well, the first couple of years, it was tough. Uh, you know, it was trying to find myself being 35, walking away from, a, you know, like you said, Chad, something I've done all my life, uh, maybe not just around the game of baseball, but sports itself and having a routine and, you know, getting up every morning, brushing my teeth, uh, fixing my bed, uh, to, to go to school. Uh, and to continue that process on to, uh, you know, like you said, at the highest level and to win championships and to reach accolades, uh, you know, that you want, you set for yourself as a kid growing up when I left there. And I said, Hey, I want to make my path so hard that, you know, when I'm done with, hopefully some other kid can achieve it. And if he does, you know, that journey and that, that, uh, you know, that excitement that, that, that kid gets to enjoy. Um, you know, it's going to be an amazing feat. So, you know, I sit out for that, but, you know, as I said, through the whole process, walking away from that, trying to find myself, uh, at 35 years old, figuring out what I was going to do, you know, getting up now at six 30 in the morning, taking my children to school, dropping them off and basically coming home till three o'clock in the afternoon, trying to fill my day with what, uh, you know, so I got into golf and got into some of the things, but you know, getting into golf and getting into things where you realize that a lot of the guys that are in retirement aren't my age. Uh, you know, there aren't much for us to conversate about. There's not much similarities. A lot of them are, are more my father figure or, you know, my father's age who have basically, you know, taken their journey to life and has now retired at the age of, you know, 50 or 60 or 70 years old. So I found myself a lot of times hanging out with people like that and realizing like, man, I'm either going to get old fast or I better figure out some other routine in life yeah. that, that gets me back around, you know, the, the, the people like myself or the young energetic and, and nothing against about being around those people. Those are very good mentors for me, yeah. but made me realize like the, the things that they're looking forward to in everyday life, there wasn't that similarity. So, you know, to find myself, I got into, you know, entrepreneurship and trying to, you know, one, save the money that I did save and put away in my career to be able to sit there and say, now, 
I can invest in things and hopefully set up the next generation of my family. So a lot of this, uh, you know, it's kind of all over the place, but that's kind of what happened in a, in a, in a, in a juggler of two years, like all these thoughts of there was no routine anymore. There wasn't that identity to myself, but again, I got into the aspect of entrepreneurship and understanding that, Hey, I wanted to be a part of a team. I wanted to get together with a team and work together as a team and, and try to achieve that goal in, in, you know, whether it be charity, whether it be a business, whether it be an investment. And so, you know, it took me a few years. It was tough. I felt lost. I mean, you know, and I'm sure a lot of us go through it and you oh, know, yeah. we say we don't and we act tough. Like, ah, it's just, it was a simple transition. I'll be the first to say it was very tough. There was a lot of lonely times where I'm like, I'm a loser. Like I'm sitting on the couch. Like there's no one, you know, out there, you know, that, that, that's doing it. Everybody's at work. Everybody's at a, you know, eight to four or a nine to five job. So my friends weren't there to pick up the phone and go, Hey, let me have our conversation about nothing. You know, they're all doing their deeds. And so you, you really had yourself only. So it was, it was, it was tough, but I, I've obviously uh, overcame that journey and, you know, Hey, I've been very busy smiling now and enjoying my, you know, that life of retirement. And that's, that's great perspective, brother. Cause I, I, like I said, I can relate 100%. Uh, I'm going on a couple years myself now and, you know, moving back home kind of, you know, was tough, but sort of give, it's given me this, this new life, this new motivation and bro, I'm right there with you. And I'm happy that you've, uh, sort of found your next passion. And, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna get into some of that, you know, after the shame, we're going to take a quick break and, um, yeah. We'll be right back shortly. Welcome back to the show here. We got that special guest, Shane Victorino, with us. We're going to continue this conversation, brother. Um, you mentioned entrepreneurship as part of your transition. So what what are you into? Like, what, what, what have you, you invested in? Into? Like, what, what do you got going on? <laughs> oh, man, I'm all over the place, to be honest with you, in regards. You know, I always believe in diversifying. Uh, you know, Before, I, yeah. I have some real estate stuff that I've done. Uh, I've done a couple of things back home. Uh, the biggest one to date was my HEP venture that I did there. Uh, you know, right now there's a lot of regulation stuff that we're working through, but um, you know, I, I saw it as an opportunity to come back home uh, to create some kind of uh, sustainability, some kind of agricultural uh, aspect. So, you know, I'm still trekking. Uh, the journey is going to be long, but uh, you know, we're just you know, we're still starting, you know, working hard every day to try to figure out that, that process and make that business, uh, you know, a success. I would love to check out that farm, my guy. Yeah. Yes. I love, nice. I, I love them plants, man. It's just. <laughs> That's awesome, brother. Uh, congratulations on that, man. Congratulations on making a successful transition. Um, but I want to transition back, you know, to, 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 to the airplane days, uh, a specific moment. Uh, for me, outside looking in as a fan and as a former athlete, uh, I believe it was game six while you were in Boston of the, was it the ALCS? When you hit that yeah. Grand Slam? Yeah. Bro, like I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it. Like what? Was that sort of like your um, your childhood dream moment? Because we all as athletes, we dream about making the home run, the game-winning touchdown, game-winning shot. Like was that, like talk about that moment. Um. Man, I, I, I guess, Chad, I can humbly say it this way. You know, I've had a lot of them. I mean, that's definitely one that sits up there. Um, you know, I think the magnitude of what has happened that year with the, you know, the bombings in Boston uh, and Boston mm -hmm. Strong and, you know, what I saw in that city, you know, that was my first year there. And, you know, I saw a vibrant, energetic, uh, you know, the city that I used to come and play against. And, 
you know, I signed there and I was all excited to, you know, basically two weeks in the bombings happened. Uh, and you know, for me, I live basically a, bo- a block and a block and a half from where the bombings went off Whoa. and, uh, okay. you know, to have to walk home post, you know, bombings every night to see a vibrant city, just basically shut down in a ghost town, uh, you know, to, so to see from one trend to the next. And then, you know, throughout the year, uh, you know, a lot of victims came to the games. We, you know, we, we honored a lot of those who were, you know, who were obviously disrupted their lives, uh, you know, with the bombings and what had happened that day. And so hitting that grand slam in the moment and just, you know, like you said, that dream come true, uh, you know, it, it, it was bigger than just the game of baseball to me. It was about that city. It was about all that hurt and all the, you know, how a city got turned upside down so quickly. And to think like a moment like that can basically take all that negative that has come upon that city and just blow it right off the roof and go, man, no way. We're one game away from going to World Series. Uh, you know, we're we're just a few innings away from, you know, making another trip there and hopefully winning another one and, and really making everybody happy, and which we were able to do there in 13. So, you know, it definitely sits up there as one of my proud moments uh, in the game of baseball. Wow. I mean, just listening to, to you tell that story, bro, I was having goosebumps the whole entire time. I remember I remember when uh, we was in Boston or in L.A. or Boston or L.A., and you, we was outside the club, and we were just chilling outside, and you was show, we was watching the video. Remember, we was watching the, yeah. your, bro, that was like, yeah, that gave me goose. I, to this day, yeah, the good old days. That gave me goosebumps, man. But I, I mean, I look that. at it, I look at it as like, outside looking in. I'm glad you shared that because to everybody, it's like, man, the emotion you showed after that that play was like, yeah, the game. But now that you're saying, that was for. You know, the city of Boston, there was so much more emotion that came along with that. So now hearing that backstory yeah, and you lived a couple of blocks from the from the bombings, bro. That's wild. Gnarly. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, we lived on a, the bombings basically happened on Boylston and we lived on Huntington Ave, which was, you know, basically the separation between those two was a place called the Prudential. And, uh, you know, we lived in a colonnade residence, which was right there. Uh, and. You know, uh, my wife actually had to walk home, uh, you know, post uh, game. And, you know, she sent me pictures. She actually hurried out of there that 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 night. She wasn't supposed to leave. But, you know, with just the area and what was going on, uh, we got her out on a flight that night to get back to Vegas and take my kids back because of the feeling. But I remember her telling me and, you know, just the, the amount of ambulances that lined the street outside of our condo, uh, you know, was just you know, it was just eye popping to just see, she thought she would never witness something like that. So, you know, it's, and again, it's deeper than that, you know, post, you know, just, I think a couple of days before that, my mom and I actually walked to that Starbucks, uh, uh, with my children and we had a Starbucks one night and, you know, to think it could have happened then, you know, just a matter of, you know, it's about timing in life. And, you know, to think my wife was also headed to the finish line, but my son had actually fallen asleep at the stadium. So she actually waited behind. If not, if my son was up, she probably would have hurried to the finish line to go and watch that day. So, you know, so many backstories where you start realizing it was bigger than just the, you know, the magnitude of the ones and the victims that were hurt that day. It's just, it gets closer and closer when you start realizing, you know, what was really happening. Wow. That's amazing. Well, guys, we're going to take another quick break here. We're going to hear more from Shane Victorino when we get back. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Uh, Shane, again, thanks so much for uh, joining us here. Um, Look, there's, you know, I think Kiana had a question she wanted to ask you about uh, one or two incidents that happened while you were playing. 
Yeah. So there was an incident at you or of you when <laughs> you were at Wrigley Field with the Cubs and someone threw a beer cup at you. What happened? Uh, so bases loaded. Uh, it was a crucial part of the game. I remember uh, Pedro Martinez was on the mound and the ball got hit deep into left center. And I just remember running back. And for some odd reason, like, I mean, I've caught, I don't know how many fly balls in my life, but just for some odd reason, as the ball, you know, I, I got out of the fence to where I knew I could catch it. So I got back on the, on the warning track and I put, I set my hand back to see where the wall was. And as I got set to go and catch the ball, I kind of felt like a shadow. And all of a sudden I just <laughs> felt this beard just basically cover me from head to toe. And I just was like, no way that just uh, that this just happened. And uh, you know, I had to make the catch and the play got called dead because the whole mm -hmm. thing. But with the ironic story about that is that they took the wrong guy out to jail that night. That's what we're reading about it. Yeah, so like, to, they had to come in and did a big investigation. It was all over the news that night. Right. Like they wanted me to press charges. I didn't want to because I just was like, you know what? It's a typical, you know, it's part of Fans the being drunk, you, yeah. little, you know, out of hand. And, yeah. You know, no one's really hurt. Yeah, I was upset that the thing happened. But, you know, the moral of the story is the next day, the guy that, you know, was all over the news that night, I actually had to press charges because they had to go and get the right guy. They went back to video. And this guy it was a son of like this prestigious, like attorney in the city of Chicago. Uh, so, you know, he got on blast that night. So he had to turn himself in. So wow. Wow. In the end, that ended up being turned in and had to uh, go to jail for it. What, what kind of beer yeah. was it, my guy? Yeah. Did it? <laughs> what kind of beer was it? Was it a green bottle? Hennequin. I don't know. I don't drink. So, I don't, I don't <laughs> so that was the part I hated the most was I don't drink and I hate the smell of beer. Oh. So play smelling like beer the rest of the game. I was uh. like, are you kidding me? But I went and changed my jersey, but like my pants and my shoes and my hat was just Oh, it was terrible. Oh, I was late in the game, so I think we had like a, another inning left, so it wasn't anything crazy, but that's, that's funny. Nice. That's well, funny. I guess that's but you know yeah, that was uh, that was a pretty cool. I love that. It's one of my favorite pictures, actually. At I least you caught the ball. It's actually, the beer's like right on top of my head. You can, it's online. It's a pretty cool little picture. That's yeah. Funny. What do you say, Keon? At least he caught the ball. Yeah, at least he caught the ball. Oh, you caught yeah. it. Right? <laughs> wasn't, they didn't count it. That's so. all that matters. Uh, well, that's a that's a lesson for uh, you know for everyone fans. Yeah. Hey. yeah. You know what I mean? Just don't be trying. Beers. Don't be trying beers. Who won't waste one beer too? They're too, they're too excited. They're too excited. Who didn't waste that? You have to wait. Annie ended up in jail. Annie probably embarrasses for parents for for beer. You guys stand in line. Any? No way. I wouldn't waste my beer. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well. Um. Anyway, look. Before we take this next break, it's that time of the show where Kiana shares a secret video that we all don't know what it is. So what do you have for us this week? Keith? Well, let's load it up, load it up. What was this? Shovel racing. Have you seen this before? What is this? Shovel racing. Shovel. Like you're flying down the nah, hill of snow nah, on like a shovel. Right <laughs> Look, look at that balance though. This has gotta be a Canadian thing. <laughs> oh, that would hurt. Can you imagine if you like hurt yourself? Ow. Yeah, uh, is that an only female, like a female sport? No, men do it too. Oh man, Shane, you doing that? I'll pass. Uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> I like the cold. Yeah, neither do I. Uh, <laughs> Kiana, appreciate that uh, that video, and uh, we'll see you guys after this break.
Aloha and welcome back to the show. Again, we've got Shane Victorino here with us on Running It Back. Uh, Vic, there's another incident that happened during your career. Um, you know, that was the flying Hawaiian at its finest. You took off from center field to home plate and got into a little <laughs> scrap. But what happened there? Tell us the backstory um, that. Out from, uh, from center field. So what happened was the, the inning before that, uh, he called out Ryan Howard on a, on a questionable, what I thought, and what a lot of us thought was a questionable strike. Uh, and so we ended the inning. It was a big part of the game. Uh, you know, a lot of energy, a lot of emotions. A lot of us carried it onto the field like myself. So obviously we were on defense and I'm standing in center field and I felt like the same pitch wasn't called. So I threw oh. my hands up in center field and it was like, you know, like, what the hell? You know, like, you know, making all these gestures in center field. And first of all, why the heck are you looking at me all the way out there? I don't know. But, uh, you know, so the umpire, yeah, he, he uh, stepped off, took his mask and he, and he made the ejection sign. I was like, man, what just happened right here? And I was like, no way, just... And you everybody are. started looking at me, and I was like, no way I got tossed. And so I had to come in, and I wanted to share my peace of mind. And, uh, you know, so I came in from center field and let them have it. But unfortunately, uh, you know, I still got tossed. I didn't get to play. And uh, But that poor umpire, he didn't get to pitch. Uh, he didn't get to umpire in the World Series because of that. Wow. wow. I had a conversation uh, the next season about it. Uh, Ed Rapawana was his name. But because he, he tossed me from center field and that whole incident happened, it cost himself from uh, umpiring in the in, in the World Series that year. Yeah, that's that, that's so like a Paul Tripper. And like, yeah, nah. you know, as I said, it was it was a two way street. You know, uh, did it did it call for it? Yes, no. Uh, but you know, he shouldn't be paying. I guess what was how he explained it to me is that he really shouldn't be paying attention to that far and what the heck is going on in center field. So yeah, for him yeah. to you know obviously pay attention to something like that, it kind of. You know, you basically should be better and better than that. And not, yeah, not, you not should have fixed skin, man. Yeah, man, focus on the strike zone, game. man. I Fun. actually kind of felt bad in the end that it cost him opportunity because it's prestigious to, oh, yeah. you know, to be an umpire oh, yeah, amongst of course. all the umpires to go and umpire in a World Series game. But, wow. So. Yeah. Focus on the, the focus on the box. Very good, unfortunately. I mean. <laughs> right. <laughs> one went to jail and one didn't get to umpire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Ryan, what? Yeah, you had, you had something for Shane. Ooh, ooh. Um, let's let's uh, uh, talk about. Yeah, no, no, no. No, I want. I can't really talk about that. But let's talk about <laughs> hitting the ball. How how hard is it actually hitting balls in 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 freaking? The hardest thing to do, I think, in, in the, the world. world. But one of the hardest things to do hitting a baseball. They say scientifically, you know, it's the hardest thing to do. I play a game in golf, and a white ball sits there. <laughs> and I, so, I mean, as, a, as a baseball player, I say golf is the hardest thing to do. But, wow. you know, Ryan, they say, you know, the game of baseball, what makes it, you know, what it is, is the science behind it. Like, you know, to hit a round ball with a round object at the, the, the pace that it's moving, the, you know, the, all the physics that go behind it, it's just, it's, it's not supposed to happen. You know, round object hitting a round object and, you know, causing trajectory that's just not supposed to it's physics at its least but you know i think that's why i tell you know people you know we have as baseball players i i always call ourselves and not saying that any other people are aren't all around athletes but i feel like a lot of baseball players could have that opportunity to play some other sports because truthfully i feel like i could go or other athletes that i played with can go shoot a basketball yeah i might not be able to play one-on-one with lebron james but i can actually go shoot a basketball or i can go out on a football field and run around and not in the game but catch a pass 
But if That's I ask true. a baseball player to come and hit a baseball just in BP or, you know, a football player to come or a hockey player, you'd be shocked how uncoordinated some of those dudes are. But wow. uh, it's a tough thing to do. For That's sure. that's tough, man. And uh, But look. This wraps this uh, this portion of the show. Shane, we, look, we appreciate you so much. We're going to continue on and catch more in the extended version. But uh, look, thanks so much for, for joining us. And we'll see you again soon. Don't forget to follow us on our social media platforms at Running It Back Podcast. Please follow us on our YouTube channel and hit that subscribe button. Today's podcast was brought to you by the Honolulu Star Advertiser, Hawaiian Financial Federal Credit Union, the Hawaii State Department of Health, and Battery Bills. We out. Yeah,